So I did a little math, and uh, at this rate of subscribers, we're at about 91 a year, <laughs> which means in 10,989 years, we're going to have a million subscribers. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Coaches on Couches. Bing slouches. Forgot to mute the. Uh, <laughs> the you guys got it all today on the first uh, the intro there on the live stream. Uh, so you uh, sorry if we you you went live after I was using the restroom, right? No, man. <laughs> we, we got the full Whoa. the full urination in there. Man, now they know I don't wash my hands. <laughs> All right, so today that was a joke. Look, it's a like it's a to the whole season. Everything's kind of a crapshoot right now. Um, you know, people are motivations wavering. People's mental state in their training is all over the map. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of going in waves. It is. So today we're going to talk about a lot of the upsides that we're seeing to. Uh, a theoretical season with no races. So we're just going to assume today that every race for the rest of the season gets canceled and then you don't have a, a, a race to actually train for. Mm -hmm. All right. So, you know, considering we've had almost no races to this point yep. as it is, uh, we can kind of go over a lot of the things that we've seen that uh, are actually like really beneficial and positive. And, yeah. yeah. The upside. So, yep. Let's keep the glass at full today, and uh, and we'll kind of cover all that good stuff. And that said, the season, I mean, there's still chances for for races to go off. Sure. Um, so it's not over. Till, yeah, we're not saying it's over. Someone's singing. Yeah, we're not saying that uh, there aren't going to be any races, but we're going to yep. assume that there aren't any. Yep. And, uh, and the pluses, you know, pluses the, they can the take plus from sides, it. So cool. I am Coach Dale Sanford. And I am Coach Bryant Funston. We are the co-founders of BPC Performance Coaching, where we specialize in helping time-crunched athletes optimize their busy schedules so they can maximize their athletic performance. Every BPC coach is trained in our five pillars coaching system that has been developed over the last 11 years through our work with athletes of all ages and ability levels, from fresh off the couch to world championship competitors. You can find out more about BPC by going to buildpeakcompete.com checking out Facebook and YouTube at Build Peak Compete and all up on that Instagram at BPC Performance. It's almost like we didn't take two weeks off. <laughs> Good thing I got the handy dandy phone right here. <laughs> now we mentioned YouTube. Oh yeah. A little shout out here. We got a shout out. A little shout out. Shout out to all you YouTube subscribers. We, uh, it was recently brought to our attention <laughs> that we have hit 1,000 subscribers. For those, uh, for those on video, my daughter oh. made the sign for us. So if you're watching on the video, very fine sign. So we did a little I'm math learning. on it. We've been, we've been going for 11 years now. I accidentally put the shout at sign up. Shout. I'm going to put the shout. Shout outs. Shout at. So we... We uh, for making this sign. That... Shout out to my oldest daughter. Yep, making this sign. So I did a little math. And uh, at this rate of subscribers, 
we're at about 91 a year. <laughs> Which means in 10,989 years, we're going to have a million subscribers. There you go. You heard it first, people. All right, let's step it up. Let's step it up. Anyone who's listening needs to go to our YouTube channel and hit the subscribe button. At uh, Build Pete Compete. Give, yeah. us the, give us some thumbs up. Go there. Share with your friends. At Build Compete Compete. And uh, yeah, give us Especially a, your friend a that maybe is down in the dumps because they're, uh, they haven't had any, any races this year. Yeah, I mean... There's been pretty much none, yep. especially on the triathlon front. There's been a couple small sprints that have, have uh, happened, um, but not to fret. Yep. Lemonade time. Yep. So we've seen, like, honestly, we've seen, uh, we've got athletes that are hitting new threshold bests mm-hmm. in July, which for, especially in triathlon, uh, this time of year does not happen exactly uh, yep. because of the heat, um, because of how many races people are doing, um, and and the type of training that you're generally doing this type of year, time of year doesn't necessarily lend itself for boosting threshold. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're usually more working on r- race specific efforts, which for most people doing long course is very steady state, yep. you know, tempo, sub threshold stuff. Yeah, uh, you know, so we don't have a lot of time to work on threshold. But we're seeing that right now because we've had that time. We're seeing people hit new threshold bests. I've got people that are, you know, running their, you know, they'll do a, a, a tempo workout, a running workout, and they'll hit their best 10K, yep. you know, uh, just in that workout. You yep. know, and that's with the with the intervals on and off. You know, your rest periods are much easier than your, uh, you know, your running. So, um, you know, we're seeing all these people make these great gains when they normally would not have. Yep. I mean, we've, and we'll go into this again, but we've seen people making gains in the pool, even though we're very, in our area, we're still very limited on being able to swim. Yeah. Um, but through some of the dry land work that people have been doing, uh, they've gotten back in the pool after two and three months of not swimming mm-hmm. and hit their best like 400 meter time trial. Or And so... There's a huge, there's a lot of great things that are happening right now. Mm-hmm. On top of the fact that, you know, just in general, uh, because they're because of people not working, we're seeing more people getting into the sports in general, endurance sports. Cycling is ridiculous right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Most people probably know that it's it was impossible to find bikes under six thousand dollars for a long period of time. I think it's still tough to get a bike. Yeah, for still, under I mean, that. The bike companies are digging into their twenty twenty one inventory already just to kind of meet the demand uh so it's awesome to see new people getting into cycling and Mm -hmm. people just having more time because they're Mm -hmm. not going to the office uh to get into running and and Mm -hmm. things like that so yeah we've heard from a bunch of folks they've been able to take on a bigger training load because they're cutting out commute time right so now that time that was spent you know an hour for some people each way to work dealing with traffic and stuff now they're able to ride their right. bike for an extra. So there, hour I feel plus. like I feel like there's this groundswell coming, and once things uh, normalize and mm-hmm. we can congregate in larger groups again, uh, there the community is going to have grown so much, and we're gonna we're not seeing the benefit of this now, but we're gonna see it next year yeah. and and for the years to come because so many people have taken on new fitness regimens and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So. Mm-hmm. 
you know, if nothing else, that is a huge thing to, to stay positive on because just know that like a lot of these local races that may have been like dwindling over the last couple of years are probably going to see a resurgence next year because mm -hmm. of the new people coming into the sports. Yep. So, you know, it's, it's exciting to me to, to think about, you know, next season, what it could look like. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, but let's look at, you know, let's look at it personal, the, the individual, uh, benefits here. So one of the main things that, um, we see every year when races kick off biggest time in the summer, you've got, you know, there's basically, you could race every weekend if you wanted to, for the most part. So, um, generally what we see in that, in that, uh, cycle is that people are always kind of, uh, not tapering per se, but letting off for... Yeah, you want to be fresh right? going into your race so you have a good result, right? So a lot of times if we are have an athlete who's racing two times a month and they want to go in fresh, you know, we do our best to you know try to pick out goal races and have others as like yeah. train-through style races. But even still, you know, you don't want them going into a weekend carrying a ton of fatigue all the time and mentally they may not, you know, want to have a bad race. So there's some psychology involved, you know, in, in knowing your athlete and um, making sure they're getting a quality result uh, yep. to keep motivation and confidence high. Uh, but without those races to work around, without having to take it easy two of the four weeks per month, yeah. people are, are able to build a bigger level of, of fitness. Yeah. Um, they're getting more training stress, more, more training load into their bodies, and they're less concerned about maybe feeling tired than they would be otherwise um, because there's not a race coming up to to be worried about yeah if you look at the if you look at like if you if you're one of the data people and you upload everything that you do like and you look at your like ctl and your mm -hmm. tss scores and all that stuff then you'll notice that if if you look on weeks where you had a race like a lot of times even though that race could be super intense yep. uh and and maybe even long but because you back down for two, three days or whatever prior to a race, the weekly uh, training load is usually less than if you were just training without a race that week. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like you said, if you're racing two and three weeks out of the month, those reduced training loads over time will actually reduce your overall fitness. Yep. You may race better, uh, but... As far as your ability to handle a training load, a higher training load, it's it's going to slowly diminish. Yeah, eventually fitness falls off. Yeah, and in like the in the road cycling world, you know, it's kind of a different beast. Like I forget who I was chatting with um, last week. It's like the the point of during a race, you're trying to do as little work as possible, right? You're trying to be as efficient as you can yeah. and do the least amount of work you can until the very end or or to that point in the race where it really matters. So. In a race, you're trying to do as little as possible. Yep. Whereas in training, it kind of flips, right? You go you go the opposite with it. Now you're trying to get a big training load in. Um, so if you're someone um, who's a, a road racer, a uh, cyclist, a lot of times, especially if you're not like a cat one or two, and your mileage is for, for a race weekend is pretty short. You know, if you're a cat four and you're doing a 35-mile road race on Saturday and a 45-minute crit and a five-mile time trial, I mean, that's that's not going to put 
a big training stress right. into your system. Yeah, when, most, when a lot of people to. are going out and doing 50 plus. Yeah, 50, you know, 60, 70. Maybe even more yeah. on Sunday, or like, you know, yeah. a good back-to-back weekend. Yeah, mm-hmm. when you get into a, yeah, if you're, not, if you're in that Cat 4 category and you're doing like 30-minute crits and 40-mile yeah. road races, like, it's just your training load just drops. Mm-hmm. And and we try, like, every year, we try to kind of explain this to people. Mm-hmm. Um but people love to race, and we get it. It's awesome. It's fun. Exactly. It's it is the reward mm-hmm. for doing the work. Yep. Um, you know, but sometimes you got to wait for the reward. You just got to put in the work. Yeah. So like plus side here, those people. Um, you know, I coach quite a few cat threes, cat fours, cat fives. Um, they're they're able to go out, and I've seen a lot of folks who maybe this time of year would be doing, you know, 50, 60 mile rides on the weekend um, that are now, they've been out putting in 90, 100. You know, they're not worried. Yeah. And I'm not as concerned about them taking on a bigger training load Yeah. because Indeed. we're not trying to make sure everything's super, you know, race specific this time of year, not not needing to balance their freshness quite as, quite as much. Yep. So there's a little less risk, um, yep. you know, in trying to make sure you're dialing everything in perfectly. So yeah. they're building a, a solid base right now. So, and then like go, what goes along, I mean, goes right along with that is that when you're not having to think about, uh, you know, like you said, the fatigue factor mm-hmm. over a, a specific, you know, a week or block or whatever, you can put in that extra quality. Mm-hmm. You know, we can, we can insert more quality. Whereas like, again, if you're having to back down, even just back down Friday for a Saturday race, um, you know, the quality you're certainly not going to still give somebody a harder workout on a Thursday, you know, for if they have a race on Saturday that they're really concerned about. Yeah. Most of the time for my people, it's Thursday is off. Friday is an opener style ride. And we got a specific workout that works for a lot of folks. And then you're in, and it's not a big training day. It's like an hour of opener style work. And then you're going into a reduced volume weekend typically. Yeah. And for and for triathlons, very similar. It's almost it's a two or three day drop in period where you're reducing what you're you know doing for that. And then the day before a race always ends up just being like twenty minutes of bike, twenty minutes or just some opener just stuff. Open stuff. Yeah. And, and then Monday's usually rest day. Yeah. So and then Tuesday could go back to quality, you know, more structured stuff. But yep. sometimes, depending on how intense it was, you know, dealing with triathletes, cyclists runners you know you're out in the heat as well this time of year so your race may not be very long Um, and if you're just looking at the data that may not seem like a massive training stress but now you've been out in the heat all day and you're dehydrated and your body's like essentially Mm -hmm. becoming more fatigued without the training stress benefit of it so you can get into monday and tuesday and still feel smoked from a weekend yeah um but if you're not out in the sun all day and you're able to get quality stuff in um you know, we're seeing much higher quality training blocks out of folks. Yeah. And it's allowed, you know, uh, it has allowed people to like do a little, little bit more of experimentation this time mm-hmm. of year. Whereas normally like for, for the folks that we coach that, that train year round, they're going to train no matter what year round. Uh, and we're looking at, you know, getting some improvements from them, like, in their limiters over, yep. and it usually has to happen over the off season. Mm-hmm. You know, now we've been able to target limiters like for months 
yeah. in months. Eight, in months. Week, eight week blocks, yeah, of I mean, focusing on stuff that ordinarily, you know, if you got a triathlete who's going to be doing, you know, a, a 70.3, like you're probably not going to be doing a ton of VO2 max work, right. you know, five minute efforts, three minute efforts. Or shorter, right? So you're not going to be working that stuff nearly as much because you got to go much more sports specific with it. Yeah, and and that like, uh, yeah, I mean, totally agree on the. Yeah, you go. You can get you know, uh, you either go more sports specific or or toward the limiter. And again, that's why we've been seeing people hit triathletes specifically hitting new threshold best this time of year because a lot of them we still have doing like super threshold efforts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whereas if you're doing a race in the next four to eight weeks, it's starting to get to the point where you have to just do steady state stuff. And the yeah. volume load becomes so high that you, you can't really work on those things. Yeah. Like you, or you risk, you know, burnout and injury and all that stuff. Yeah. And um, like from the road cycling standpoint, I've been able to um, experiment a little bit more with, the amount of training stress that people can handle you know like there's some people that are wanting to train more but they've got you know we're working around a crazy life schedule Um, we're working around all these races that you know they're they're trying to do um and trying to make sure they've got you know freshness going into them like we've spoken about yeah um but this has been a great opportunity to say okay well if you do get a little overextended that's going to be okay. We can we can put in a bigger rest week if yeah. we need to, but let's see what your body can handle and how it responds yep. when there's not the risk or as much risk of overreaching being a major issue. So um, it's been it's been cool to kind of experiment with that, and it's something that yeah. moving into next year can be like okay, we look back on it and say hey, this is where we were putting in this big training block. Um, we were able to do it because there wasn't a race we were trying to work into the middle of the whole thing or two races. Um, and now we can use that going forward. We look back and go, okay, well, you hit new threshold bests or you hit new five-minute bests or whatever it may be. We can look back and review that, and now that's something we take into 2021. Like, okay, let's put a block like that six weeks out, eight weeks yeah. out from one of your goal races, um, and you know, we know how your body's going to respond to it. Yeah, on our, on our end, coaching-wise, it has allowed us to like learn more about our athletes and what they can and cannot handle because I've learned both ways. Like, there are some people who I've learned that, I've learned that they're, where their limitations are on as far as like how much intensity they can. Where the breaking point is, so yeah, to speak, right? I yeah. mean, but in a normal season. super valuable. That's good to know. In a normal season, we probably would err on the side of caution mm-hmm. and never really figure that out. So going yep. forward, we now have a kind of a, a, a ceiling, mm-hmm. you know, that we know that we can't really go over. Or you need to be very cautious, yeah. like getting to that, right? As you near that, that ceiling with the athlete. I do, like, I do feel, I feel a little bad for the people who did jump into the sport this year for, you know, for, in our area, having the seventy point having a seventy point three come to Memphis was a huge thing, or is a huge thing, and there, I mean, people came out of the woodwork to sign up for this event. Mm-hmm. Many of which have never done a triathlon, have nowhere, no idea where to start, yep. and you know, but they've probably been, you know, especially people in our training group have been putting in work since January, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and a lot of them again have never done anything like this, so like. It's just, I feel a little bit bad for them because if the races don't happen, you know, it just, 
it's not the end of the world for sure, but it's, um, you know, it just puts off how long it's going to be before they get to cash in on that reward. Exactly. You know, they get that reward. Well, and to experience the community, right? Because that's right. like one of the biggest things that gets most people hooked is that race day. Right. Right. The reward, as you're talking you about. You want like, them to experience the yeah. races as they are mm -hmm. uh, normally. Mm -hmm. because that is what keeps people in the sport. Like mm -hmm. you get that reward, you cross the finish line, you get in, it tied into the community. Everyone's super positive, jazzed up. I mean, like post-race is like the best, like it's the coolest thing ever. Yep. But you want that to be normal. Like we want that to be normal. So we want them to have those experiences when they do have them so that they get the right impression about the sport and mm -hmm. they stay in it. Mm -hmm. um, but... At the same time, it also has allowed these new athletes like a lot of extra time to work on skills and foundation and stuff like that that you would never like put you would never allot this time for if you were doing your first triathlon, your first 70.3 or whatever, you would never allot this time because you'd be only concerned about doing enough volume to get to the finish line exactly yeah you know so we've had all this time to work with especially our training group on uh pedal stroke skills and uh you know very fine motor swim technique mm -hmm. and and things like that that we would never have been able to to do yeah well and a lot of those those new people to the sport as well they go out and because memphis and may was going to be one of the things on on the program yeah. was something we worked into that training group and so that happens in May, hence the name. Uh, had that happened, there's going to be a big bulk of those people that are now going to start looking what other races. Like, I want to get to as yep. many other races as I can. And now those people aren't going to get the... <laughs> they're going to get derailed from you yeah. know, the build towards a 70.3 if that's, if that's their goal because they're racing so much. Uh, so there we go. Yeah. One of the, one of the other main things that that we've we've talked about a ton is that you know we've noticed more of our athletes actually doing their strength work mm -hmm. uh and then also like at the same time it has it's challenged us a little bit in um making sure that people are getting in the training that they need to be prepared um but with high with big restrictions so um with no gyms and no pools open, we had to kind of pivot and increase the number of days we were doing our online strength class, yep. you know, and that's all done with equipment in the home, um, which was easy. All we had to do was add another day. Yeah. We've been doing it for years. So that was no, no big deal. Um, but like going in and developing an actual dry land swim training program for people uh, was a little bit of a challenge because we never had to do it before. Like, uh, you know, we've always been able to just go and send people to a pool and they get the swim specific training in the pool. Yep. And so you don't even, you don't necessarily even like fully understand the value of like dry land training until you're forced to do it. Yeah. And so, and now that's one more thing you can take with you if you're traveling. Absolutely. You know, it transcends this whole exactly pandemic. Like, yep there are always going to be restrictions. People are always going to have restricted training, mm -hmm. you know, especially if you work and travel and stuff like that. So it's allowed us to develop this program to where we know now, like if people are 
limited on their swimming ability, like swimming uh, facilities. <laughs> well, their, their swim <laughs> facilities, that they're still going to be able to get in a workout that's yeah. going to be tailored and, and specific and actually move the needle. Because yeah. again, we had people, the, the, the program that we developed was basically uh, two days worth of fine motor work uh, with some strength training, core work in there. And then one day that's more muscular endurance based um, that really smoked some people. But came come to find out they ended up developing some really superior muscular endurance in the swim specific muscles so when they got back in the pool they were crushing it like we literally i mean we literally had people take uh you know 30 seconds off of their best ever 400 meter time trial and hadn't swam in two and a half months mm-hmm. so i mean there's a lot to be said about you know uh you know, tough times, you know, you got to be creative and, you know, put, put your thinking cap on and, but all this stuff again, transcends into more realistic life scenarios, uh, not just a pandemic scenario. Yeah. I've seen a lot like, uh, with my athletes where before people were nervous about strength training because of soreness right? and they didn't want to be sore because it would impact the quality of a workout, yeah. like a bike specific or run specific style workout. But now when it's in, in their mind, like, okay, well, races have been delayed for four months. If I'm sore for the next month and we're able to just scale back some intensity on the bike, which was fine as well, you know, in other areas of training, um, I've had more people like actually hitting their strength workouts than they have yeah, probably absolutely. since we started. So that's been a, and they're seeing the value of it too. So that's yeah. like, Oh, you know, the win-win, right? Once you start seeing the value, you don't see it after one workout. It's a, the comments on like how much better people are feeling after doing the strength training and people figuring out that they actually do enjoy the strength training, like Mm would have never happened because we'd be so concerned with just getting in the quality work, swim, bike, run, or bike only or run only or whatever. Um, So it really has been you know, nice to see everyone mm-hmm. doing the strength work and being and if durable. If you haven't, you still have a chance to do that. Like, yeah, you <laughs> if can, you're listening and you're not, not doing strength late. training, we will say it at least once per month. Yeah, it's it's not too late Add to get started work. on it. Add strength work for sure. Last one. Yeah, go for it. Saving that money. Yeah. Race, so, racing, ain't, racing ain't overly cheap. If you if you've paid for the races, you. You've now yeah. you now have an entire season paid for next year. Exactly. Uh, you That's know, a win. But you've been you know your travel costs are, are reduced. So. Exactly. Hey, you know what? I think it calls for a new bike day. I was gonna say if you have <laughs> uh, if you have a budget that you are uh, uh, line item in your budget towards upgrading things or going towards races, you can now just move that towards Shift upgrading funds, some man. some uh, some parts on the bike or uh, equipment that you've been needing that will improve your speed uh, next year. Yeah. Now you just got to find one. Just gotta, yeah. <laughs> Maybe go for wheels <laughs> or, or some of those uh, new fast running shoes. Yeah. All right. I think that's about all we got. That's a lot of that glass is full, I think. Hey, turn those uh, lemons into lemonade. Let's yeah. hear what, uh, what you found. So, anything that maybe we didn't cover? Like, what, what are the upsides you've seen? Well, one thing I didn't mention there was a long stretch of group rides not happening. Yeah. And I know some people are doing group rides, other people are not. We won't get into the debate on that. But the fact that there was a big block of people not doing group
group rides and not doing racing and instead doing a lot of quality structured stuff. Yeah. And seeing the positive results of that. Yeah. Yeah. Group, you know, group rides just get very, uh, usually too hard. Uh, and so it, it pretty much puts the smack down on quality for the rest of the week, generally speaking. Yeah. Uh, so and, yeah, I mean, and it's pretty unstructured, right? So you, yeah, you get good at nothing doing, specific. You get doing good at 90 second efforts. And if right. you're, if you're someone who needs to improve 10 minute efforts, you yeah, don't really get not that. Happening. So it was good to see that. And it was good for, uh, for some of my athletes to see that too. Like, yeah. oh, there is value to doing structured, yeah. structured blocks still in the middle of a, what should be a race season. Yeah. So let us hear your, like any other upside yeah. that you've, you've found to this whole pandemic, uh, season so mm -hmm. we're interested here but uh we appreciate everyone listening hanging out watching whatever you're doing we will catch you guys next time make sure you go to youtube we need ten thousand uh, subscribe one thousand one hundred subscribers is our goal <laughs> by 2013 or 23 sorry <laughs> what year are we 2030 <laughs> yeah all right crew all right peace adios